Now, I wouldn't always trust a drink made by Brent, but <laughs> this one is delicious. What is this drink, Brent? All I did, all I did, Alan, was I opened up a can of can. That's a can <gasps> with two ends. Will I be and awake I in an hour? You th- and I, yes, you will be awake in an hour because it's only 2% t- THC. It's such a wow. perfect mellow buzz. It's literally changing my life, guys. This is like the reason I've basically... St- you know, I don't drink as much, although I actually just started drinking more again. But still, I have enough <laughs> I have enough capacity to not only get drunk frequently, but to also to drink cans. And it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm. We love can and you can, too, by visiting drinkcan.com. You can, that's, too. <laughs> that's can with two N's. And you can use the promo code worse for 25% off. That's drinkcan.com with two N's. Can with two ends.com <laughs> yes we can 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 promo code yes, we can, can can promo code worse worse oh shut up fuck you making it worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. So Mormons are back in the news fucking with the homosexuals. Ugh. I mean, like another day, another problem with the Mormons. What can I say? My people, mm-hmm. my old people, my new people are the Jews and they're not fucking with the homosexuals. Mm. They're, they're loving the homosexuals. <laughs> but at, mm. at BYU, Brigham Young University in Salt Lake City, um, there was a LGBTQ group that did sort of a protest. There's this Y on campus that's sort of very central on the campus at BYU. Mm. And they lit rainbow colors around. And it was, a, it was a campaign called Color the Campus. And it was meant to so like last annoy year, me? no. Well, no, yeah, I mean, it, it a rainbow does annoy me just because I don't like the color, the aesthetic of the rainbow. <laughs> right, that's right. But I support the protest fully. Yes, of um, course. But the protest, it's sort of, it's sort of a weird backstory. So like a year ago, there's this honor code at at BYU that every student. It's a religious university. It's the largest religious university right. in the United States, and they um they have to sort of abide by this honor code, and the honor codes outlawed sort of any homosexual activity at all. But then a year ago, the school took it away, took that away saying, and it was sort of a surprise to people, but hmm. LGBTQ students were like, yay, this is- Yeah, that's a surprise. That that's a shock, and then, I'm well, but Wait, 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 wait. And then oh. a week later, they were like, it's actually still wrong. It's just not in the honor code. And it was sort of murky why they even- Sure. Retroactively- It's like a don't ask, don't tell standard like, yes. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and they said that same-sex romantic behavior cannot lead to eternal marriage. And when Mormons say eternal marriage, it means in sort of the afterlife, like marriage that happens when you get married. <laughs> right. When you get married in the temple, you're sealed <laughs> for eternity. Oh my God. So you're with you don't that get to person. Hold forever. hands in heaven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or the celestial kingdom. We don't call it heaven, but yes. And that, um, so they're not, they're not allowed. To, it doesn't lead to eternal marriage and therefore it's not compatible with the principles included in the honor code. And that's sort of, they, it. They, so it's basically still banned. And this group lit the why at, at BYU in rainbows to sort of protest that, to get mm-hmm. the university to do something. And the university was like, we don't condone this. You're b- violating private property, all this mm. shit, but no one's been sort of 
charged with it, but it's really lame. It's really lame what these, these <laughs> gay Mormons, they're still Mormon and they still want to be Mormon, but they're just yeah. like trying to do what they can to bring the church into 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I think this is a, a fairly non-controversial. I mean, I, you know, I guess, you know, baby steps when it comes to kind of conservative, uh, conservative religious organizations. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it does sound like a tiny baby step has occurred since last year, but uh, yeah, it seems like that it wouldn't be too hard to accommodate um, just saying, you know, it's, it's fine to be, to be gay without changing, I guess, their stance on gay marriage, which is probably the hard line that they don't want to change, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, they famously, I mean, just to give a little history of Mormon church, I mean, when marriage equality was passed, they famously decided that they needed to, even though it didn't impact really the church at all, they felt they needed to do something to sort of make a stance against marriage equality in the United States. And so they said that children of same-sex couples, Mormon same-sex couples, can't get baptized in the church until they're 18. I remember that, yeah. And then at which time they have to choose between their parents or the oh, church. Oh, right. That's right. right. And that's, it was a big, right. and, and the, the weird thing was, and I talk about it a little bit in my film, Latter-day Jew, mm -hmm. um, where for years leading up to marriage equality, the Mormon church was actually going in sort of a more progressive direction because they had the uh, the Book of Mormon on Broadway and they were actually embracing the musical. They were seeing it as a positive thing that it was yeah. actually making Mormonism sort of part of pop culture and sort of part of culture in a really popular way. And so you saw in New York City, all these fucking like billboards and stuff that had like hipsters drinking like milk and shit being like, I'm Mormon. You know what I mean? Like they would be doing, yeah. they were trying to like update themselves. And then yeah. all of a sudden with marriage equality, they went backwards. It's wild. It's mm -hmm. and, I and I don't understand it because it feels so from a business <clears throat> perspective, it feels so counterproductive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what is their, I mean, that's my thing. It's like, what is their end game by like going backwards and go, being being regressive in the ways of the world? Well, I think that's the nature of culture wars. You know, like what's the point of the Republican party targeting trans people? There's no, there's no benefit for anything they're trying to do by these trans laws that they're passing in like just Alabama recently or other states where they're targeting trans people and there's no harm or threat or anything that's happening right now that is warranting these laws to be passed. Mm -hmm. But because it makes them culturally relevant within their demographic that they need to come out and vote, they do it. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, the real motivation. You ever wonder, like, what, so after uh, trans rights uh, becomes a, you know, hopefully in short order, a settled issue, um, uh, do you ever, would you ever wonder what's next? Like, I'm always thinking, like, what is, like, the next movement? Like, you know, five, ten years down yeah. the road, like, what will people be, become, like, what's a culture issue that will make people really up in arms? Well, I think, I was talking to Michael yeah. recently about, about something like that, about, we were talking about Oscars and Oscar season, the Oscar nominations are coming out, and how, you know, the Oscars So White campaign a couple of years ago, how they've mm -hmm. actively sort of been trying in recent years to update the membership, to be more inclusive of people of color, et cetera. But historically, there's a shockingly lack of Asian and Latin and Hispanic, well, Latin American sort of nominees, just a really, and even compared to sort of um, black nominees a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And not to say that one's more important than the other, but I do think that there will be as immigration and as more this country becomes more diverse and more Latin Americans come to the United States, I think that that will become a major, it's not, it already is a major dominant civil rights issue, but that will become a huge talking point in 
this century you know people of color winning more oscars no the latin american experience in the united states and how they've been overlooked in a lot of capacities within even parts of the civil rights movement that's so you know what michael and i were talking about that that there is this sort of they're in the shadow a lot of times of these cultural conversations and and yet they're integral to the united states in especially population numbers i mean in in what 20 30 years some states are going to be half people of color and not you know what i mean so it's yeah there's, there's a change happening and we need to acknowledge it and and have that conversation i think that's don't tell that to piers morgan <laughs> <laughs> god he's gone not even joking we have jared goldstein on the podcast today jared you are a comedian and an actor and a queer gentleman thank you for being here oh, a queer gentleman <laughs> queer gentleman <laughs> i am i'm all those things thank you so much for having oh. me you Every also time. have phenomenal hair. Uh oh, we lost the audio. Oh, we, I think. Oh, no, I oh. was just whispering. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. being very coy, being being please, coy. Please respond. Being at... a queer gentleman. Mm. <laughs> please, please respond. You ha- you truly have like beautiful hair, and it's like a throwback mm. to like '90s, like J- Jordan Catalano. You know, and like not many people can pull off like a longer haircut, and it looks mm. great. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, I I like it a lot. I've noticed that a lot of people have grown their hair out in this yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And I I second your statement that not a lot of people can pull it off. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's I cannot. Someone I cannot. who's had long hair for like a pretty long time now, I see guys who have great short hair and look mm-hmm. great with short hair. And I'm like envious. I'm like, oh, that looks so fun and easy. You look so mm-hmm. great. You look so yeah. handsome. Do you not look good with short hair? I mean, it looked. I'm picturing it. I think you would look great with short short hair. hair. You'd look great with short hair. It was. It was good. It was good. But I just this. (laughs) This just seems to be like the thing for me. So I'm just gonna survive. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Um, when I was a kid, I'm scarred from having long. I, I wanted to grow my hair out so bad when I was a kid, but I've been like fat my entire life, fat face, everything. Yeah, and my mom, I agree. Brutally, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Brent. My mom brutally would be like, "Your head's too big for long hair. It makes you look like a dog." I- I'm the opposite. My head is too narrow for long hair. And mm. therefore I look, I've never literally grown it out past like four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the longest <laughs> I've ever gone before cutting my hair, but I look bad with really long hair. I would. I mean, I've bad. grown my hair out long, but it, 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 it looks like Kathy Bates. It's not mm. good. Elliot had a ponytail in high school. I mean, yeah, no, we've all kind of dabbled no, with like different hairstyles, yeah. but you know. I did not. Elliot, have you not had long hair? <laughs> no, I mean, I've had like, I have dewy curly hair. So like the longest it doesn't grow out like down it grows out and like yeah. wide mm-hmm. not like a full-on yeah. jufro but certainly like a curly like andy samberg-esque mop i guess if, if like you will. new jersey jew that's what <laughs> yeah new jersey yeah. jew <laughs> <laughs> you have the best of both worlds because you are also jewish yeah yeah my mom has straight which we support hair. by the way we support that on this podcast. thank you yeah. so much yeah, yeah we're pro jew on this podcast two out of three jew. support yeah. jews on this podcast yeah. Love it. Uh, yeah, my mom has straight black hair. My dad has curly blonde hair. So mm. my sister and I have wavy brown. And I don't mm. know. If, I don't know if that's science, but that is what's happening. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Are there? Do you have like? Do you have long hair icons or not? Not icons, but you know, people you think of when you think like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna. Do you have a mood gonna, board of long I'm hair. I'm gonna go for this because I do um, th- immediately think of Jared. That's why I think of Jared Leto. Like. So, hmm. Sort of yeah. before my time, like sexually speaking, but yeah, enough that they were a dream. Yeah. <laughs> no, like like my so-called life. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh, very, that was a boner good. party. Yeah. Although also, um, Claire Danes has great 
Like, I think it's shoulder length hair. She had Barbara hair. She did not have long hair. She had Barbara hair, Barbara Streisand hair. Mm. Yeah, and it was like that yeah. red. It was her hair is so It was fun angled. It was angled hair because she cut yeah. it short. It was really sort of a mid 90s phenomenon. She cut it short in the back and then it angled forward. So whenever she had that like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm leaning forward so no one can look at me. The hair would like yeah. hide her face because she's so sad. And what was her fun friend's name? And she always Ray- had the one braid. Rayanne? Rayanne. Oh, Rayanne. That, yeah. sh- that was just great hair all over yeah. that show. You Ray- know, Rayanne was you, like 48. When you guys were younger, did you find yourselves playing with women's hair, like friends or like, I I had a memory just like uh, the other day of my cousin, like going to my cousin's house and like playing with her long hair. Mm -hmm. Yes. Enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had, I, uh, a friend of mine had like a baby doll, like an all American girl doll. Mm -hmm. uh, And the hair was just coarse enough that if you... (laughs) Uh, braided it and waited like maybe 10 minutes and then mm-hmm. took the braids out, the hair would retain the wave. Oh, oh sure. And so I hot. So hot. made, <laughs> I turned her out. Yeah. yeah. This seven-year-old doll was just laid, as they say. <laughs> just, that literally is so good. That literally is a miracle when girls can like wet their hair and then roll it up and then all of a sudden they take it down <sighs> and it's just like locks. It's just beautiful. It's mm. Oh, Any way that you blessings. can avoid heated styling is, I mean, it's just like, it's like when, a, when you can find a, a, uh, like a protein that feels like a carb. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like Elliot's cake. She, he, Elliot had these energy bars for years that he would literally eat like four a day and they were like birthday cake. He loves yeah. birthday cake flavoring, <laughs> which is so gross. <laughs> I, I thought of that the other day. Cause Elliot yeah. literally, I, he was he was so emphatic. I went out that day to get one. He's like, "You must try this protein they bar." And it good. was it was they good. Were... It was no, fine. Oh my God. It was like three dollars. It was. I can't stand rich. birthday cake flavor. I can't stand. Oh it. really? Huh. Any cookies and cream? Any of that shit? I can't give me vanilla oh, or chocolate. Off. You don't I'm like cookies on. and cream? Ugh, cookies and cream <laughs> is so what? gross. It's like. It, well, it just, it's gross. It sounds gross because it seems like cookies and cream, like someone creamed on the cookie, but it oh, also just a tastes gross. You're a perv. <laughs> you're a perv. You don't enjoy Oreos and milk? Give me a I do milk. enjoy Oreos and milk, but I don't enjoy the false flavoring of cookies and cream. There's a difference. Mm. I'll say the, the white chocolate Hershey bar is dog shit. Yes, oh, thank you. I, see, yes, I disagree with that shit. too, but I'm a big white, I'm a big white chocolate Well, guy. here's the thing. I used to think I wasn't, but then, um, I recently had a white chocolate macadamia nut cookie. Delicious. Ooh, my fucking Delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. good. So yeah, good. Yeah, Where'd yeah. you get it from? Where'd you get it from? Costco? Because they I got it from the milk one. jar. Oh, well, that's your wow. little, you, uh, that, that Quibi show really got you some coins there for yeah. the milk bar money. No, you got to go to Costco and you got to get the white chocolate macadamia nuts from the Costco place. It's so good. It's so Is good. it a Kirkland brand cookie? It is a Kirkland brand cookie, just like my Kirkland brand wine. And I love it. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I've actually been a big fan of white chocolate for years. It's I, so I just good. I think it's underrated. I know mm-hmm. it's it's very specific, but I just think it's decadent. Yeah. It's coming back. It's coming back. It like, makes you feel wealthy. bakeries are doing a lot in the white chocolate, uh, white chocolate citrus sure. space. <laughs> yes. Wow. Right. Wow. Gorgeous Speaking- work is being grapefruit. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, real inroads into into citrus is being made. Ellie, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I know we're off so, on a tangent here. No, because you're speaking because Alan brought up Quibi. So you were on Nikki Fresh, the show with Nicole Richie. Um I was. And that was 
I would, I mean, I would assume that was the that most was the only well show, received show on Quibi, right? <laughs> I, I, I like to think um, it was, mm-hmm. yeah, we, it, we had, I had so much fun making it. It was really fun to like, for it to get put out like when it did, because it was last May, it was like right when everything was becoming really mm-hmm. scary. And Wait, bad. what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what happened? Um, I, you know, I got a, I got a bad haircut in, in May last oh, year. Oh, that's so why you've grown it out. Just, that's why you're I just, it I out. wouldn't yeah. leave my house, you know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was, it was, it was really fun. And, um, and now Nicole Richie is my friend. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Did you have yeah. to like bite your tongue? Cause every, everybody was shitting on Quibi. How do you deal with that? Cause like, how is that not embarrassing? How you're aware of what's going on, but you're on a show that's well received. Yeah. Like, how do you, what did you how did you deal with that um, you just retweet ira madison that's all you have to do <laughs> he put out he, he he tweeted this really great meme of nini leaks that was like when you're all like talking and i'm still cashing the check mm-hmm. oh um, got it and i thought that was so great and i mean here's the thing it's like i understand like there was so much like vitriol around oh quibi yeah. yeah like basically they were like twitter was just like quibi is the cops and mm. everyone <laughs> just went off, mm. um, which I guess I, I mean, I understand to an extent, but f- like from Wait, my I'm perspective, sorry. I was real quick. Can we explain to because I bet a lot of listeners don't know what Quibi is. Oh, it was, um, yeah, it was an app. I'm, but I'm sorry, Jared, you said from your perspective, too. So that, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was an app that came out last year that was like meant to like revolutionize like phone viewing. It was supposed to be like the HBO of YouTube. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and they put like they had a lot of fancy people behind it. They put all this money behind it, and it just did. And they not we should work. we should clarify that there was a lot of controversy over the person who was in charge of it, it was Jeffrey Katzenberg, who yes. right Jeffrey Katzenberg, who famously decided to release this platform during a pandemic, and it 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 just it wasn't the timing was just so wrong. And to me, it screamed of sort of like rich arrogance from Katzenberg by deciding to sort of do this and be like, well, let's just throw an experiment and have these artists be a part oh, of my he, big experiment. He dug, he dug his heels in too when people were yeah. like, this might not be the best time. Might, people aren't going to necessarily pay for this model, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. And he just dug his heels in. And, and the like, artist hurt because of it. The artist yeah. hurt, And that's what sucks mm-hmm. the most, really. So Sorry, Jared, you were saying from, yeah, from your perspective, I and then I cut you off. What were oh, you saying? Oh, that's okay. Um, just don't do it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry. Very sorry. <laughs> Very sorry. <laughs> um, um, just from my perspective, it was... Um, like I, for me, it was like, a, it was this great opportunity for a lot of my friends. It was like their first writing job or like their first acting job. Um, and it was this like just big jobs creator that was really exciting for um, like people who are, who are, who are struggling and starting to enter, you know, mm-hmm. the field of really working in comedy. Yeah. Uh, so and Chrissy you know, Teigen, big it was like and stimulus Chrissy for starving Teigen. artists. Yeah. She finally, she finally Chrissy Teigen got finally it. got something, which was really great mm. for her. Um, so it was very exciting in that way. It felt very like this feels like DSA vibes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they gave it away for free for like yeah. a month or two or something. Yeah. So it was all like free content. So I just didn't understand like the the level of like vitriol for Quibi mm-hmm. was like, well, they're not charging you for it, and like you just don't have to watch it. So just don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it never, never try to understand why people on Twitter are mad about something. That's that's, a, that's certainly <laughs> yeah. a, a fool's errand. But I do remember Ellie and I would would text about the the platform, and one of the things that Jeffrey Katzberg was so kind of famous. Um, 
he was absolutely insistent that this was an app that was meant for people waiting in line. Yeah. They would watch something while waiting in line. And it was, it was so, so surreal to me to think that like, they watched at the hospitals. Yeah. That, like yeah. when I'm waiting in line is like the worst time to watch. Yeah. Cause I get very impatient and, and I don't want people like looking over my shoulder like, and seeing what you're like, watching and seeing what you're watching. So I was like, of all the times to like provide content, gotta get waiting that in line would be like, screen. <laughs> right. Privacy oh, is your, screen. oh, wow. That's impressive. Alan. I have a privacy <laughs> screen. Yes. So Jared, what's, what's, your, what's your quarantine like? I mean, obviously are, are you in line because of Quibi? Are you in line to get a vaccine? Like where, how are things going for you now? <laughs> yeah. Anyone who lost a Quibi show, uh, they get straight to the right, front of the yeah, line. Yeah. And a friend of mine had a great point that, that I hadn't heard anyone made before that uh, her theory about like why Quibi didn't work was that people like to um, look at their phones while watching television. Yeah, like exactly. Watch, and if True. your phone is your television, exactly. you can't look at your phone. Correct. I was yeah. like, oh my god, that's <laughs> that's we. You could have you could have saved billions. But even that on on both like a, on a on a literal level and like a bigger you know more um, macro level, the idea that like our attention spans are so finite mm -hmm. that someone's going to watch a full show on their phone. Like, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, I just didn't, my mom watches TV on her phone, but falls yeah. asleep watching it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if my, if maybe Quibi would be, would have been perfect for my mom. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, probably yeah. not, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, the concept was good, but it was just limited and it was bad timing. It just was bad. And it, it just screamed of rich arrogance. It was just sort of just like a rich guy decided it to play an experiment. It was very one percent. It was very one percent. It was. Very one percent. From Shrek I was to so close to being part of the one percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you were a good part of the one percent. And I'm so glad you got some money during the, and the pandemic. And Nicole Richie does seem really fun and, and, and funny and smart she's the best she's all those things is yeah. she married to the guy from good charlotte still she really is no cats <laughs> i don't get it her and um then the the brother from good charlotte is married to cameron diaz i think yeah so like what in the world what do those men have i don't even think good charlotte was like a popular band yeah, I was you know say, like no what is in the the i don't good know charlotte good charlotte blood. what is good charlotte yeah well, you know what they're doing now? They're like huge TikTok producers. Oh. oh. Like they make songs wow. that like go wildly viral on TikTok and well, we don't even God know bless. about it because it's like going to 10 year olds. And so, yeah. so they're, <laughs> but it is very, it is very interesting that they, you know, they are like, they, their, their whole world is very much like this, like uh, early, like Y2K. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, like wow. nabbed all the now, hot yeah. women from 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 the era, and and know, now they're making got... videos for ten year old Chinese kids. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Jared, I have to ask you a question because this really—I didn't know this about you. You were on—you were in a Christmas Carol on Broadway. I was. Oh. That is my favorite. Like literally, mm. I love a Christmas Carol. Mm. How? What? What? Who did you play? First off, I played Scrooge at twelve. Oh, oh, when okay. they go oh, back was in a... time. Oh, oh, yeah, was, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. For a moment, yeah. I was like, was this a child production? Yeah, I was like, oh, like very avant-garde. Yeah. It was on Broadway Street on Long Island. <laughs> on West Broadway. 
Wow, um, you were Scrooge at twelve. What was that? Wait, like? wait, wait. What was What's your inspiration? The, you you were you grew up in Long Island, so was this like Kids for Kids or something or like? Oh my God, wait! I was in Kids for Kids. Of course, you were in Kids for mm. Kids. Wait, do you wait, know about wait, Kids for it. Kids? Of course, I knew about Kids for Kids. Elliot is loves Long Island. Can you explain He's it, Elliot? Long Can Island. you explain? Yeah, it? Kids for Kids was like the premier place for like Broadway kids on Long Island oh. to go to like get in their get their foot in the door and like regional theater and like intense music mm. Broadway musical training for children. And then, you know, hopefully make it to Broadway like uh, Jared Goldstein did. Did yeah. you audition, Elliot? Uh, I ended up not. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up You not. considered it. You considered <laughs> it. I considered it. You yeah. paused even just now. I feel like there's just <laughs> some hesitation and a little regret, perhaps. But <laughs> So what was that like for you, Jared? Do you feel more accomplished than Elliot now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do. I really do. Um, no, it's uh, it was great. I was the show was so fun. It was so mm -hmm. fun to I, when I was a kid. I I I was so bad at sports, and that was all I knew of myself and anyone knew of me. So when I got the chance to leave school and to go work and and try to you know do this other thing, it was it was just so exciting to just like mm -hmm. get on the Long Island Railroad, like not go to middle school or high school, go to like literally Times Square yeah, and like wow. get to like perform. It was the dream. like my also my dad worked in Times Square because um, he that's just where he worked. He was like a businessman. So it was just like it was so fun. It was the most fun. Yeah. And then to get to do a Christmas Carol uh, was so fun because it was also like Christmas. And yeah. as like a little Jewish boy, I'm like, yeah. hell yeah. yeah also yeah, in yeah. Spring Christmas, Awakening too, like, right? I was. And from Spring Awakening, I was fired. Oh, oh that, what, what was that? Why? Like? why? Um, so Leah okay, Michelle, so right? Leah Michelle. <laughs> she got me. <laughs> yeah. She got my ass. Um, I so basically like when there's like the lore of like the voice change when mm -hmm. you're like a little boy doing mm -hmm. theater. Yeah. And um, luckily like I was such a late bloomer that I got to like work for longer than I thought that I would be able to. Mm. Um, but then it got to a point where I was like 16 puberty ha was nowhere to be found. And it was like, okay, like we gotta, we gotta get this going. Yeah. Um, so then my voice did change. It got really bad. Like I was so optimistic about it and it was as bad as every mother was telling me that it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, but then like a year later when I was 17, I'm a senior in high school. There was an audition for this show, Spring Awakening. It was off Broadway and it was going, you know, it, there was all there was all this energy around it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, let's go. And it was when like Broadway was super like pop rock, sing a pop rock song. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and then, yeah, like all these like 60 year old men are like, you're not pop rock enough. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I went and I sang like a Beatles song. Like we went to the library oh, wow. uh, and got like hey Jude. Jude music. Hey Jude. It might have been Hey Jude. Yeah, oh, no, probably. It was, um, I, mean, I thought it was at one point, but then it was also like um, Jumpin' Jack Flash from the Oh, Rolling wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so triggering for me just to even yeah. say out me loud. Too. I don't think I've me ever too. said it out loud until this moment. <laughs> But anyway, like the, uh, the uh, auditions were disaster, just so bad. But for whatever reason, I was getting called back. And then by the time we got like to the end, I kind of like figured it out. They gave me the actual music and I was like, okay, I can do this. And it was cute. I had my first kiss with a guy ever in oh, my callback for that's it. That's great. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's cute. They just and knew you I were gay. So they're like, here, kiss this guy. And was I it know, Darren right? Chris? It was Darren Chris, right? 
It was not. It was. I don't even remember his name. Um, but he ended up. Everyone he ended up Awakening. getting Mandy, the, Mandy Patankin. Mm. He, whoever originated the role of uh, what I don't know their names anymore. But like I, I was, I was auditioning to play Ernst. Mm-hmm. Um, Hanshin. Hanshin. Oh. Okay. Yes. Whoever originated Hanshin, Hanshin he yeah. and I were in this audition together. It was my first kiss ever. Uh, I'm like 17, closeted. Uh, and then afterwards, like, couldn't even stand up. I was like so excited. They were like, okay, let's go over to the piano. And I was like sitting on the ground and I was just like, I need to sit for like yeah. 10 to 20 <laughs> seconds before I can stand up again. Okay, mm, let's stand mm, up. Mm. Um, but um, it was, yeah, it was all very exciting. But then basically, like, I just wasn't ready to be working. And then mm-hmm. after like three weeks of rehearsal, like, it became very clear to them that I wasn't. And then so were you actively like a, a like a, a theater kid who wanted to be in theater and then planned to do that after college or I mean instead of college or anything like that? Because there is a full blown like we should say there is like a full blown like Broadway kid vibe that goes on in New Jersey, New York, mm-hmm. Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, it's like a real <laughs> it's a real grind. Rhode Island, yeah. and yeah. I parts of Philadelphia, like, parts of Philly. Yeah, yes. and I half assed yeah. it. Jared did the full thing. I half assed it. But I never went full full tilt, and it's such an insane racket. I was the original so Annie. Insane. I was. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker followed me. Oh wow. Yeah. Baby. You know, it, it, actually, my oh, my roommate, my original roommate in this in this house, who basically like, I moved to LA like for her. Um, she was not the original Annie, but she was Annie on Broadway for a while. Oh wow! Oh. Oh. You you yeah. should connect us so we can have we can bond. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is always a little surreal whenever a parent puts their kid through first of all the auditioning process, and and allows them to work a job where they aren't going to school. Mm-hmm. You know, like call me conservative, but like I feel like your kids should go to school. And like mm-hmm. I know that in order to have kids in movies and shit, some of them shouldn't and, and, and can't. But like, I don't know, like in particular on Broadway, you're like, you're not even making that much money. Like maybe even if, if you're in a movie, at least you're making a ton of money or you're like mm-hmm. a fucking movie star, like on Broadway. It's not it's about like, the money, Brent. It's about right, Broadway. Right. No, yeah, it was exactly it, it. Yeah. I no, I remember when I was a kid in Baltimore, mm-hmm. I wanted to audition for Crybaby, John Waters Crybaby. They had an open call for Crybaby. And my I was like, I can do I was an actor kid and I was like, I can do this and I'm gonna make so much money and then I'm gonna get famous and then the family we're gonna move into a better house and it's gonna be great and my stepmom was just like we're not she like watched like pink flamingos or something and she was like we're not auditioning for this film like there's no way we're gonna audition (laughs) for john waters could have been my chance that could have been it (laughs) Uh, i think that's sort of why like the uh it's a it's still extremely toxic um like broadway parents but it can be less so because there isn't that like possibility that like your kid becomes like your cash cow yeah mm. yeah it's That's more true. about the art and and yeah. if it makes you feel any better jared i was a weaselly and uh 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 what's the word um oh what's the fucking word i forget the word <laughs> I was a, no it's a p word but i was i was a very like penis penis kid <laughs> yeah. no i was i was always trying to like get stuff and do stuff and yeah and, and be in stuff and if it well, makes this- you feel, if it makes you feel any better your Jumpin' Jack Flash song truly <laughs> make it, it is completely dwarfed by 14 year old me somehow weaseling my, my weaseling my way into auditioning for Rent at 14 and right. singing Constant Craving by Katie Lang. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god! Oh my god! I I, I worked right. as, a, as a summer camp counselor at a camp where one of the kids' grandfathers, the campers' grandfathers, was B- Bernard Telsey, like the casting director. Yeah, and I oh, yeah. somehow fucking weaseled my way into auditioning for Rent at fourteen and went in wow. singing Katie Lang. I wow. love that for you. No, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you were singing your heart out. I was, I like, was. you know, that's what well, my mom told me to sing, you know? Yeah. The oh, success no. that, that Jared had on Broadway, you had on Wheel of Fortune, Elliot. So like, you know, it's right. the same. That's it's right. the same. No, the Jared same, really. made money. I made zero dollars. That's right. You made, <laughs> this is before they gave you a consolation thousand dollars for going on Wheel of Fortune. Wait, so I, just, I am just curious. How, did you fall into, did you end up, pursuing theater beyond that and then falling into comedy or how did you end up um in the stand-up world yeah i uh basically i got fired from spring awakening and then i never worked again (laughs) and i was like okay let me keep acting i guess Mm -hmm. like i never really felt like an actor um because i was it was really about the singing for me as a kid i was like Mm. you know it's because it's so obvious when you're a kid like when you're anyone, like if you hear someone sing, you know right away if they're good at it or if they're bad at it. Mm-hmm. And with acting, it's a little bit like kind of nebulous. Um, <laughs> so I was always so amazed at like child actors who didn't sing or dance because I always wondered like, well, how did you know you were gonna be good at this? Like that seems like a weird, like a leap of faith to be like, I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but um, so so when my voice, you know, kind of when I lost it, um, I didn't really know what to do. And I, I kept acting and it was going fine, but it would basically be like, I'd get like a job a year and that job mm-hmm. would be like a day. So then I, you know, what would I do for 364 days? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I really steadily did that um, just out of like fear and just not knowing what else to do for like probably like six seven eight years Mm. um did it like in new york for a little while would do like a day on a movie a year later a day on a tv show a year Mm -hmm. later like a blip in a commercial a Mm -hmm. year later a day on a tv show uh and then i came to la because friends of mine who were actors who were who were very good and were doing well were you know were being summoned from new york to la and i would go hang out with them and visit and just have so much fun. And I was like, God, I got, let me get out of New York. Like, I'm like, just, I'm like working in gay bars. I want to cry every night. Like nothing Mm -hmm. is good. Mm. Like it's so cold. Like, let me get out of here. So I moved to LA and then uh, continued to do that. And then eventually by the time I was like 26, it just like stopped. It was just like, I was just getting tired enough of it to be like, well, this isn't working, like nothing is changing. So I just, you know, I thought, what do I want to do? And I, I thought of hair and stand up. And I thought, well, let me try stand up first because it's like free. <laughs> yeah. And then when that doesn't work, I will go back to New York. I will go to beauty school and it's yeah. going to be incredible. You I'm should gonna still have... do hair though. Jonathan Van yeah, Ness, me. I mean, his access to fame was hair. So I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be so relaxing to like, to like, to, to turn like a blonde woman yeah, like I can red. give you this wig. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take you from a champagne to a carrot. <laughs> I would love that. I would just, that would activate so much of my activity and joy. Um, Well, but um, what did you do? What did you do in gay bars when you were in New York? Were you just like waiter, bartender? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of both here and there, different things. Um, Was it a nightmare? um, You know, it didn't really get going until I got here because 
New York is so fucking intense. And when I, I was like 17 trying to get jobs in restaurants mm. and you would oh, just yeah. meet like the most brassy, confident, like 19 year olds when you're yeah. 17 <laughs> and you're just like, you have it all. You yeah. own New York City. You are Carrie yeah. Bradshaw. You're the toughest, realest, coolest fucking person. Yeah. And I just felt like Platt. such yeah. a baby. I felt like yeah. such a tiny baby. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you know, you try to get promoted from host to to busser to waiter, yeah. and the managers they're like fucking like you think you can fucking be a waiter in fucking New York City? Right. You need to have fucking ninety years of experience. Yeah. You can't fucking handle New York. Like yeah. so yeah. intense. Yeah. I've had phones thrown at my head, like just oh, absolute wow. lunacy. Wow. God, by, by, by Naomi Campbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were working with. I mean, that would be a gift. Um, yeah, that would be. That's you something. Had, didn't you work at a, or you were working at Hamburger Mary's here? Did I make that? How up? dare you throw that? Did in you my work face? at Hamburger uh, Mary's? I cannot believe you would embarrass me on oh, your program. So uh, no, I worked there for for eight years up until eight the years. pandemic. Oh, wow. oh my god, oh, that my means god. wow. I used there. There was a show there that a friend of mine hosted that I would do because I loved her, but. Oh my God, doing stand-up at Hamburger Mary's is like one of the worst experiences. I've done drag there, which is much better, but stand-up, yeah. no, no. You know, the only stand-up that I did at Hamburger Mary's was like, weirdly a lot of it for like three months because I was working on this uh, show that was like, they were like trying to pitch it for TV. Um, so they were like, ru they kept running it like with like audiences at Hamburger Mary's where huh. I just happened to work. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the, most traumatic, horrible experiences of my life. Doing stand-up yeah. comedy at my job. Around just... a pole, around right. a pole. Right. Uh, yeah. right. There's just... that pole at Hamburger Mary's. Do you have to like talk around? Yeah. Humiliating. I, it's like a fever I'm talking about it now and I'm like, that really happened, huh? Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Scarred, yeah. triggered. From but Mia I was Michelle Hamburger Mary's to for Hamburger like Mary's. Eight years. I did love it. It was a great job, but it was, you know, chaotic. Yeah. Well, now you're here and you're friends with Nicole Ritchie and <sighs> everything is good and everything's good life where, is good where can people find you on social media so they can follow your stand up and, and look at your see hair. your hair yeah. yes <laughs> you can see my hair uh, on instagram and twitter and tiktok and at hey jared hey h-e-y-j-r-e-d-h-e-y thanks jared thanks for, thanks, me. jared thanks for having me and another thing. Um, okay, so for our and another thing this week, uh, I did want to give sort of a trigger warning alert that we are going to be talking about diarrhea. We were talking about my <laughs> diarrhea. Uh, this was, by the way, this was Elliot's idea, but yes. I, as you all know, am comfortable discussing my IBS issues. It was not my idea at all. My likely <laughs> IBS issues. And they, they suspect that we will lose most of our viewership or listenership during this segment, but you know what? Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta stand strong and you gotta be bold. Hold yeah. those vasovagal responses. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Brent has uh, uh, forever made diarrhea a big part of his narrative. Uh, <laughs> it's been a thing that everyone that knows Brent knows that he talks a lot about diarrhea, whether it's mm -hmm. literal or whether it's metaphorical. Yeah. It's a great um, word. Yeah. It's a great word. It's my drag queen name of, uh, name of choice, diarrhea and Frank. That's yeah. right. Um, it's the hardest word to spell. It's very difficult. Diarrhea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, D-I-A-R-R-A. 
H-E-A. Diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Brent has always talked about diarrhea, always talked about his IBS, or but mm-hmm. I don't think you've ever fully had it um, evaluated per se. Maybe I'm no. wrong. But no. we I wanted to know what let's talk about the history of your diarrhea and how <laughs> how we've gotten to a place where it's so common in the way that we talk about it that you know, for every that, that joke people you message make about, me on a weekly basis about right, it. Yes, right, that's right. For every joke we make about my <laughs> alleged uh, 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 unhingedness, alleged. Uh, <laughs> all other, right. It makes me wonder what, 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 what. I guess cancer. I guess my testicles is what I would talk about. <laughs> like that's my. We can talk like, about your nuts. Brent sometime. has di- Oh yeah, coming up next week. My <laughs> testicles. Testicle. Your, testicle. Uh, testicle, Alan. Yeah. So where you are you in your diarrhea journey now? Where did it start and how long has this been going on? Well, first and of all, I've had listeners know. Uh, I just want it real quick. I want to go all the way to the end. I've had a great week. I, I uh because I started taking Metamucil for the first time in my life. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't I didn't I've experimented with different things, but I didn't notice I know I took fiber at one point and it took like a supplement and it didn't work. In fact, yeah. it got worse. And I was like, well, no thanks. And then I just discovered the other day w- watching an advertisement on Wheel of Fortune. Of course, there's fiber supplement advertisement. <laughs> watching yeah. Wheel, that there's different types of fiber. And there's yeah. one, I think, insoluble. It's soluble, I think, is the one I have that actually helps with diarrhea and insoluble helps with constipation. Hmm. So uh, I've, had a, I've had like the best week of, of, of like the last year. Um, but it all started back in high school. I would, uh, it was like weird on the weekend. Like I would take a nap before uh, Friday night after school, I would take a nap to like, you know, ease into the weekend. And for some (laughs) reason, every, every time I ate dinner after my nap, I would have, I would have diarrhea. And then it got worse as time went on. And when I lived in New York, it was one of these things where just like, you know, occasionally you'd be somewhere and you're like, I might i might have to diary on the street right now because <laughs> it's wow. just really painful wow. and but that's actually and it's i i would say it's i've dialed back from that and my my long suspicion has been it's it's i have like some kind of um ibs uh, insensitivity ibs yeah. uh but it's exacerbated by anxiety because i've always yeah. noticed for years when i'm in Same. michigan when i'm with my parents and i we all know I get along with my parents. So when I'm home in Michigan, it's like the least stressed I am. Mm-hmm. I have almost no diarrhea ever. And then I come back to LA and I have to like stop in LAX before I leave the airport to be like, all right, let me take care of this. <laughs> I have that with nerves for sure. Like nerves, yeah. there's definitely a, like, especially before a big show, if I'm being filmed for anything, or like anything big is happening. Mm-hmm. I have, like there is a, it's not so much diarrhea, but there's a poo party. Yeah. Wait, but how, how do you, I mean, if if you if you have the proof Wait, back that up, Elliot, back up Elliot, you're like right oh, on the mic and it's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the proof that like being in, with your family is it's such a calming environment that you don't have diarrhea, why don't you find ways to incorporate that into your day to day life? Whether it's with anxiety medication, whether it's with IBS medication, whether it's with a doctor who can actually evaluate what is fully going on comprehensively. Yeah, why don't you go to the doctor? That's my big thing. I have, I have, I have, so oh. I have talked to doctors. I've never done comprehensive tests before. Mm. And it all like, I had a therapist once who was like, what are you doing? Like, this is like, why are you so weird about like not yeah. following through on, on this? And I think it's like, I just weirdly, I have this thing where I'm like, I don't want to take a pill every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also, it's this strange thing where it's like a quote bad thing in your life, but you're just used to it. And so you've got, I've gotten accustomed to it. 
And even like, it took me like a fucking month to buy that Metamucil. And I was like, why don't you just buy it to like test it out to see if it helps? Yeah. And I just put it off for a fucking month. Cause I was like, no, I don't want it. I'm fine. And, and then I would like eat a banana and get diarrhea. I literally got like diarrhea from a banana the other do day. You, I'm like, how is that possible? Do you do like yogurt and stuff? Like the healthy cultures? Uh, I, tr- I tried to, f- I had a phase where I did probiotics and that yeah. worked for like, it worked for three months and then it just petered off. I, th- I think mm. it was, again, I think it was like psychosomatic. I think I can like, I can manage to make things work occasionally if I like put my mind to it, so to speak. I think that's sort of dealing with like the psychosomatic or yeah. anxiety part of it. But then like at, when push comes to shove, like things, things ultimately go wrong. And then I'm, uh, I'm, well, I'm, push comes know, to shove, you're yeah. doing too much shoving. Um, there is there, there is a question that I think a lot of people are probably I know especially a gay podcast they're they're thinking this how has it impacted like, oh, your sex life? excuse <laughs> I mean, me am I wrong in thinking no, that because that's wrong. that's a that's a dare you well, that's, the booty that's, hole that's a is huge... a vital aspect of the homosexual experience Alan, Alan let's be mature it's a tootie ho please tootie would you please <laughs> be a little more mature in this discussion <laughs> No, I mean, it's a huge part of my <laughs> discomfort uh, at times that is that's uh, surrounding uh, penetrative anal sex. And, you know, obviously, we all know. excuse me. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, obviously, like, there are things you can do. But like, yeah, I don't I guess that's always been sort of a I'm not that comfortable with my butt. And like, I'm, oh. I'm not totally at ease when someone is. <laughs> down there so to speak <laughs> I little, now I, I sound like my parents or something like down that. there I love, like, my yeah. <laughs> I love my butt such a good butt uh but I mean I I but yes and and I've, I've got a couple messages from uh, from wonderful listeners who are like I'm also a gay man with IBS and so yeah no so it's, a real it's like thing. a very common thing and um, it's also I think a lot of things that like gay men specifically gay men or <clears throat> queer men I should say um get uncomfortable about queer, because it's man. it's it's you know it's a it's a sense it's there's yeah. a there's a need within that part of sexuality and i think it's i think we've talked about this for years but you don't have to have anal sex to be queer yeah. or gay and that yeah. isn't there's no requirement to have anal penetrative sex to have a homosexual sexual experience it's wonderful if you want it but you know what you can also get just as much pleasure from doing a lot of different things yeah. and sometimes not even having sex and it and then people need to i think Absolutely. recognize that that it, we're not defined by that aspect of well, sexuality because porn tells us it is yeah and i i think there's a huge subsect and i know statistically speaking i've seen that there's a huge subsect of gay men that that avoid uh anal sex yeah and uh, and yeah, I feel like it's completely glossed over, even on our podcast. I mean, it's yeah. something we haven't talked about very much. Um, and you know, uh, and so yeah, it's 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 very true, and and that's something that I or just people know, not think. having sex. I mean, that yeah, there's. I mean, people. We want to make it seem like everyone, and it does seem like because of Instagram and everything that people- We lost Elliot, with. by the way, but keep going, yeah. Alan, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you lost me? That people <laughs> are having like ravenous sex all the time and it's not necessarily true and it's okay to not be having mm-hmm. ravenous sex because yes. maybe you just don't want it or maybe it's not available or whatever the reasons are, it's not yeah. bad that it's not happening. Yeah, I, I, I think the narrative, especially in the gay community, but also just in the world is that 
you're a you're a fallen soul if you aren't having right. frequent ravenous sex. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and I I don't know. I I guess like that's not been my experience in my life. And so and so I I think you're absolutely right, Alan. And and yeah. and but let me I I did I did want to ask real quick because Elliot. Basically, if you ask him, he never gets diarrhea. He tells you he's only read about it in textbooks. Uh, Alan, do you ever have di- do you ever have diarrhea? Oh yeah, often oh, because okay. I take yeah I take a lot of well, Good. mine are usually drug induced, but I take like uh like this drug right now. That my oncologist has me on a new drug, so I have to take like a stabilizer. For oh, my, quit bragging! Quit bragging for, my, for the cancer moments, and so and that can do a number on my yeah. GI tract. So I, it's often like I have to like change my diet to sort of yeah. so it, it changes with what my doctors has me on at any moment. Um, mm. So I do definitely, and you know Good. what? It's just a part of my narrative. And you know what? Just, just so you know, because I want you to, to know that we accept you. Next time you do it, just send Elliot and I a picture. And that's just fine. Just Wait, we should also add to that. It took me, I mean, we've been friends for almost 15, 15 years now. I don't yeah, know, whatever. Pushing it, yeah. Both to 15 years. And it took me so long to realize that when you would text me to... <laughs> To, to like that to text me to like congratulate me on having quote unquote rock hard turds <laughs> and I, I was like i i never really like thought about it and like i just thought it was like funny and then it took years before like years almost mm-hmm. over 10 years before i realized oh you, that's like the joke is that unlike you i or anybody yeah. who like defecates you know, <laughs> solid <laughs> Should, would be bragging to you because we have lost so many don't. people right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I, it's like it's like based on data that doesn't that i haven't offered i've, te- I've teased you for years <laughs> about because basically i mean i tease you but elliot never has diarrhea and that can't be once a year i'm telling yeah. he says he only reads about it in textbooks like i t- i swear to god he like I'm never not. has it and and so oh uh, so I just I guess I'll just I'll congratulate you, Elliot, on being infallible. Mm. Oh my God! Well, you can take that poo, you can put it in the freezer, and have yourself a little scat party. Oh, oh Jesus! Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oof, oof, oof. What would, would your, your aunt, aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? Let's just say I skipped. The diarrhea talk. Not interested. <laughs> my aunt Joanne. My aunt Joanne would say, "Tell Brent to find something that binds him." <laughs> Jews love saying "bind." Thank you. Thank you. How about Aunt Anne? I once had a problem with my diarrhea, and they told me to eat kale, and I, I've never had the most painful poos in my life. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it was. I guess I should have chewed it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you got to chew. The, you got to massage yeah, that you, kale. Yeah, you got to. You got to massage it. You got to chew good. that kale. True. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. And I am H.K.O. Pectate Scott. <laughs> Liar. <laughs>